Hey, folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. We're going to start off today's episode a little bit differently by talking about the films that were announced in Chapter One of the new DC Studios uh, string of films called Chapter One: Gods and Monsters. Uh, I want to. I want to start off by saying, why is DC so obsessed with that moniker? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they they love the biography the the biopic rather of James Whale who directed the Bride of Frankenstein starring <laughs> Brendan Fraser and uh, Ian McKellen from 1998. That's why. Uh-huh. Well, well, okay. So I I know that the Gods and Monsters was a like a DC animated film a while back that also yes. got a like tie in comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, was it not also the name of the book that the author in the Jeff Johns Justice League wrote? Uh no. Ooh, what was that? Hang it's on. close. It's close okay. to that. Okay. Would that have been in Justice League number six or seven. It mm. six, I think. I think it was. I think it was like an epilogue in in issue six. I'm looking it up now. Talk amongst yourselves. I look this up. It was like it was like called like Gods Among Us or something like that. And we're we're both what, wrong. That's, but it, that's injustice. Gods it, among no, it us. was not. It was Gods Among Us. It, oh, it is. Is X, right? Oh, yes. you, no, you, Gods Among Us. You were right, Vince. You were right. But, <laughs> that, but that's also the subtitle of the first Injustice game. So DC yes. can't. They still can't stop. <laughs> but but okay, there's wait, a, there's wait, a there's wait. a subtitle of something that is Gods and Monsters of a yes, comic. There is. Yeah, it's like it's like. Oh, it's like the first chapter of um, Kingdom Come or something like that. It's not, but it's yes, something. It's yeah, one. It's yeah. something like that. I, I, real, and I real quick before we go any further. Yeah, can either of you name the writer from that Justice League run who wrote the book? The name uh, of the writer, David. Um, am I right on the first name? I'm not going to tell you to give you both. Yeah, I. Don't, I, uh, I could not have done it for a million dollars. David, uh, I want to say B, but I don't know. I give up. David Graves. Ah, fuck. <laughs> I knew that. I didn't, but I did. Sure. I understand. Um, the problem is, is that now the 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 um, SEO for Gods and Monsters DC Comics will only lead you to the exactly. James Gunn stuff yes. or the or the animated film. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if it's the subtitle of something, you'll never find it. <laughs> but no, it, it is it is a particularly uh well-trod like title within DC uh stuff. And I find this particular lineup of movies doesn't exactly like fit with that one. I, mean, I guess there are, there are some things of it, but I just feel like if I was if you said to me the DC Studios first wave is called Gods and Monsters. What movies would be a part of that? I would think there'd be more gods and or monsters. Well, you, Superman is kind of like a god. What? Swamp Thing Ho- is... Wait a minute. Holy shit, Zach. <laughs> Some have said he might even be Christ-like. What? <laughs> what? So that, that, that that's the thing. This Gods and Monsters... Uh, uh title chapter title it feels like another relic of the snyder era this this just feels like something from the snyder era to me that title does sound snydery that was probably one of the like six sub 
chapters of the Justice of the of the Snyder Cut. Probably, yes, yeah, yeah. It's very, very strange. Um, but I, I guess we want to talk about the movies and kind of the inspirations behind them, and the the good and the bad and the ugly of it all. Yeah, so I'm gonna go in the order that it was released in Gunn's original video. So the first thing is the Creature Commandos, which is a uh, seven-part animated series featuring uh, characters like the Bride of Frankenstein, GI Robot, and Weasel. Um, what I find really interesting for this one was that they want to cast voice actors who can also play the characters in live action, which I feel like is a novel idea until you realize like that means they have plans for Dr. Phosphorus to be in a movie, which just seems <laughs> silly to me. Right. Like, uh, I, I mean, not necessarily. They're not no, all going to be. They want to have the option. though. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which and is what, that, something... what that really means is uh, Weasel and Rick Flag. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Flag. It, it is kind of interesting, like in light of. Well, so Marvel has kind of done the opposite thing where they have like made their animated series and brought in like voice talent from the movies. Yes. Like, 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 um, uh, what if, yeah. Like with what if, and like Lucasfilm is kind of dealing with the other side of things where they have like a lot of animated content that they are bringing into live action and they're having to like recast a lot of people because, you know, the original voice actors either, you know, don't really like look like the character or, or, you know, are too, too old or too, too young, you know, to. Or not A-list enough. Or not A-list enough. Yeah, exactly. And so I can see this being like a big reaction to both of those things. You know what I mean? This is the Ashley Eckstein. Uh, yeah. Principle yeah. essentially. Sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so it is interesting and also I've I've seen this like I don't think this is like confirmed. I've seen some some back and forth on this, but apparently this also might apply to video games, which is insane. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I am skeptical as, as to how much of that's gonna happen. Sure. Um but that is what I mean, you said. I'm skeptical how much of any of this is going to happen, but that's a that's well, a story Brian, for a different day. You said that I believe I believe in Lad's chat. You you said something like I I I bet you not even half of these will come out, or you said like half of them or something. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't know if you've seen the wonders that AI can create, but um, oh boy. I I believe they they created an entire AI Seinfeld that runs itself. So I think they could probably create like an AI uh authority you know yeah um yeah it, it could happen actually the seinfeld is the ai seinfeld has been canceled i don't know did you see that no <laughs> have you seen the ai seinfeld at all i'm aware of it i have not watched okay. any of it it took less than three days but it it canceled itself by uh doing the thing that every ai does which is starting to tell homophobic jokes oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and that's uh, the only reason I'm laughing is because that that literally does happen to like every yes, AI program does. that these guys create. <laughs> yeah, expose uh, it to the internet too long, and that's what you get. Yeah. Um, um, the creature commandos thing is is actually the one out of all of these that I'm most excited about. 
weirdly enough. Um, I just, I love this team. I love Frankenstein. I feel like it's suited to Gunn's sensibilities and, and like, like out of any of them, I'm the most confident he could get this right. And, um, I, I like the, the, the art that they showed for it. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of that style. If that's indeed what the cartoon is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the fact that it's like a seven episode series, it just seems like something you don't have to invest too much in. It's going to be a fun time and, uh, and then it'll be over. <laughs> Maybe never to be seen from again. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in that one. Yeah. I, I think with one of the movies that has been announced kind of falling in a similar genre we you know you could see some of these characters showing up again and yeah in yeah this possibly first wave I, I just feel like this is the type of thing that is announced at the start of an initiative and then we're going to look back in five years and realize that none of them were ever in a movie after that right? yeah just... <laughs> well this this is also the one to me well i guess not really the only one there there are some of these early ones that seemed like it could have been something that was already sort of in development and i is think getting, uh, yes yes getting roped in you know, yes. um, I agree with that. Uh, I also agree with that with the second announcement, which is Waller, a live action series uh, following the events of Peacemaker taking place between seasons one and two of Peacemaker with uh, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. I mean, I know that everyone was kind of like, or not everyone. There was a certain subset of fans who were upset that were like, this is supposed to be a clean start. Why are we having Peacemaker carry over? Well, it's because Gunn did Peacemaker. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Sorry. And you know what? If you're going to keep. I'm, there will be others, I'm sure. But if you're going to keep like one of the uh, pre DCU castings, mm-hmm. uh, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller just like makes the most sense. It's a pretty perfect casting. It is. Yes. If you and like, also, if, yeah, I, I, I think that even for people who are pedantic about this stuff, I think you could say that. The Peacemaker series doesn't. Uh, did either of you watch Peacemaker? No, um, a couple episodes. I would say, aside from Viola Davis and um, John Cena, there really isn't that much like crossover between that and uh, and the Suicide Squad or other like DC projects. There's there's a little bit of uh of uh, Aquaman and the Flash in one of the episodes, but like you can squint and not even care about that shit, right? Like this is, it's not like they're keeping a major piece that to work around all of the continuity. This is, this is its own siloed thing that shouldn't affect like the green lantern stuff at all. Right. So it's fine. Leave it mm-hmm. there. Uh, Zach, any thoughts on Waller? No, mostly just because I haven't like watched any peacemaker either. I need to get around to that. Have you seen <laughs> the suicide squad. I have seen the suicide squad and I did like it well enough it's good all right third up is superman legacy a superman film that is a reboot we written by gun and um it's the the sort of key line here is that it's it's clark trying to balance his kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing uh i mean that sounds like every superman movie ever made essentially and many superman stories but I do like that they want to make 
a story that is not just I, I'm always afraid with Superman movies that they're inevitably going to do the story where Superman goes evil first. And this appears this is not the evil Superman story. So I have a little bit of joy in my heart because this is they're not instantly going evil Superman here. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this is this is easily the thing I'm the most excited about just because it's been. um, I, I was waiting on somebody to do it. Yeah, it's been. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's been almost 10 years since Man of Steel came out, um, I believe. It somehow feels like five and 15 at the same time. Yeah. Um, which was the last solo Superman movie. You know, I know Cavill Superman was in other things, but. Uh, like Black Adam. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, um, but just the idea of a new. I'm, I'm the idea of a new Superman movie that sounds kind of like a reaction to the Snyder Superman in a way mm-hmm. potentially kicking off like a more hopeful I mean the so I guess we you know we can talk about the kind of like inspiration texts that are cited along each of these movies and and the thing that guns showing off for this movie is all-star Superman and and you know like what else what else? could I hope for, you know, in a a Superman movie, you know what I mean? Um, Here's a real question. Will they make sure whoever gets the role can do that Henry Cavill, like, pushed out upper lip face that he does a thousand times in all the movies? (laughs) You know the face I'm talking about? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Can the new... We have to make sure the actor can do that face. (laughs) It's important. It's become a cornerstone of on-screen Superman. Yeah, you're gonna have me retweeting all those Bakun tweets here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, what real question? Will they let this Superman have a mustache? Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> I want this Superman to look like uh, whatever his fake name is at the end of whatever happens to the Man of Tomorrow, just like a middle aged guy with a bushy mustache. <laughs> That's what I want this Superman yes. to look like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So up up next is Lanterns, which is not the same Green Lantern show that was under development of, by Greg Berlanti. Uh, this is a thank how- goodness. <laughs> thank yep. goodness. Yeah, we almost had Alan Scott and Kyle Rayner on screen. You fucking asshole. Now we have to deal with John Stewart and Hal Jordan again. But you know, yeah, it would have been bad. The, yeah. So it would have been CW tier. I mean, and there's no guaranteeing this is going to be good. But I was just going to say, what you want to you want to put some money on this, friend? No, I don't. You're I, a I don't think gambler. You'll you'll like to bet me on this. No, mo- most of this doesn't sound very good to me because most superhero movies and TV are not good. So, yeah, but yeah. So this is a Hal Jordan and John Stewart series. Apparently, it's a true detective style mystery, <laughs> um, which is just like it is hilarious how certain shows just become uh, name checked and things like this. I mean, at least it's not Game of Thrones in space, but we do get the Game of Thrones comparison later. So yeah, I was going to say, oh, God, <laughs> hold your breath, bro. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I wish this was about any two Green Lanterns other than Hal Jordan and John Stewart. If it was Tomar Ray and Green Man, I'd be like, fucking awesome. Let's do this. But Hal and John is just the expected choice. Give me Sodom yet. Of course. Give me a Mogo um, and and, uh, and and chip or badge. Yeah, yeah. Give me Mogo and Gnort, and I'm 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 happy as a clam. Give me Loprot fan. 
Um, Give me Arisha and Guy Gardner. No, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. <laughs> um, They're going to do a very problematic storyline with Hal and, yeah. and Arisha. Yeah. Um, she only looks young, guys. <laughs> uh, that, that that is specifically for our '80s Green Lantern Corps reading audience out there. Yeah, so, uh, Zach, what, what are you thinking about this? Well, I think I think the idea of making like DC's insistence on making Green Lantern like a TV property is really weird to me uh, because of like all DC properties, it's arguably the one with like the biggest scope and scale to it. Um, that said, they did say that this movie was going to be like predominantly earth based or the show uh, was going to be earth based mm-hmm. and would maybe like seed some like bigger things in, in the movies moving forward. Um, I don't know. I mean, this one feels the most like, vaporware of like i think any any announcement and (laughs) this is the one that i expect to like have the most issues and potentially like the first one to be announced is not happening which is wild because it's the oldest i mean i know it's not the same we we just talked about that but it's the one that's been in the development the longest Mm -hmm. yeah yeah effectively yeah. Well, what, what, what I was going to say, though, is I feel like the argument about making it a TV series instead of a film, if you can believe that they will spend the money on making it look good, which I don't necessarily believe. No, they won't. <laughs> if you can believe that, though, the idea of you only would have two hours or so to get to know all of these different Green Lanterns if you're doing a series that even touches on the core in any way, whereas if you're doing an eight-hour season of a, of a show you can spend more time with more characters so i think like in that sense i get it mm-hmm. and i would say that in general comics adapt better no no let me, let me, before vince shits down my throat <laughs> let me rephrase this <clears throat> comics theoretically work better as television properties than films for that reason i don't even but, i i agree with you yeah i don't think that's even theoretical i think that's you know, that's just that's that's the nature. The nature of the medium translates better to a serialized from one serialized medium to another. So I think that for the Green Lantern story, there's potentially so much to it that you want to give it that eight hour treatment. Yeah, but I would bet I would bet you any amount of money that that's not what we're going to get, especially with the descriptions of it as a true detective style uh, mystery show. That's that's very much t- tethered to. Did he say it was tethered to Earth or tethered to some planet? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah he... I, we're not we're gonna see some of those other lanterns, but it is not gonna give us uh, heavy backstory into any of them. We're not gonna spend a ton of time with them. It's gonna be Hal and John doing true detective things, and uh, and 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 it's not gonna have the production value you would expect from a from a lantern movie necessarily you know they're going to purposely do things to there's going to be lantern stuff in it obviously but they're going to they're going to ground it in such a way that it's not going to have to be completely that it's not going to have to rely a ton on all this cgi and, yeah um, yeah i mean like 
I don't hate the ideas, but I still want to have like my big Green Lantern core thing eventually. And and if this is like setting the groundwork for that, that's cool. Um, because of the heavy um, Morrison association with all these announcements, the first thing I thought of with this was like the opening chapters of Final Crisis with them like finding John finding Orion's corpse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and like that was a like those early like Green Lantern beats in Final Crisis are very like detective story oriented, you know, and if they could hit on that vibe in the show, I I think not necessarily having to do like new God stuff or anything. That's not what I mean, but just like gods on, and monsters, some... new gods, and, new monsters. gods and new monsters. The mystery is like discovering the new gods. Yeah. You're, you're onto it, Zach. You got it. Oh man. And you know, we will get to the Tom King connection and all this, but remember how he was tied to the, the new gods movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We unlocked it. Um, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't hate it. I, I, I can't wait to get to the Tom King part of all this. Well, let's let let let's pump our brakes before we get there. Um, yeah, yeah. Next up is, uh, I think, the craziest announcement, which is an Authority movie. <laughs> now, yeah. I am not saying the Authority are not good or not an interesting idea for a movie. I think if you are doing, if you are taking bets on what's going to be like the part of the first wave of these new movies, the authority is absolutely the least, the least likely thing I would have thought of. It's bonkers that they're no, making an authority movie. I think this is the most likely thing to happen because this is like, this is the zeitgeist right now, you know, like, yeah, uh, it's 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 them chasing Montoya, the boys. Now. I don't I, I I don't think you know what that word means in in terms of zeitgeist. I, the superhero zeitgeist. It's like the boys. It's like Invincible. It's like it's these like gritty. It's even like it's two even kind of vaguely like, popular Amazon series. That, that's not no, exactly the, boys, the, the boys is really popular. Yeah, I think you're underestimating like how D- DC would kill to make a bunch of. Uh, uh, Midnighter and Apollo uh, gifts of them making uh, out disgusted faces in a in a movie theater like like yeah. the boys and like that one where Homelander's like uh, maybe Zeitgeist is a little strong but like yeah, I think like that's uh, well I, I don't I mean it's, like there's something in the air about there it is, it's, there it's, is. This it's is the, the problem here's the problem. this is the it Dante's was... Inferno to <laughs> <laughs> the boys uh or dante's peak what am i that, thinking of you're thinking of uh in deep impact you're, you're, you're thinking about dante hicks from clerks um <laughs> i wasn't even supposed to be here today exactly I, I i feel like the general tenor of the of the comics as film and tv internet is is definitely moving away from the mcu and more into the the milieu of things like the boys or they're in there we're in our image era yeah yeah i think we are i don't think you're wrong however here's the thing i think if this was in development two years ago and was coming out this summer i would agree with you this is at least two years away and i don't think we're going to be here in two years 
Uh, yeah. This this, this very much feels like a like a. I, I, the best example no. I have for this is, is like music, right? Where the, whatever there's the new hot thing in music, like six months before that thing dies, the squarest artist you know adopts that thing, <laughs> right? So like this, <laughs> this feels like this is the this is when Joe Satriani, shout out to '90s guitar shredders, said he was doing an electronica influenced album, and then no one thought about electronica ever again. Like this is that's what this is. <laughs> okay. Yes, but when has DC ever not been just chasing what the thing is like? Batman eighty nine, Superman seventy eight. Uh, okay, in the last twenty years. Oh, not never, never. Exactly. Okay. okay, thank you. Yeah, can I suggest something to you about this? Sure. I think they could have a sneaky hit on their hands because, well, let's take you know, let's take your point that, um, the boys is an Amazon Prime show and. Invincible is a well, I guess Amazon that's Prime also show. an Amazon <laughs> yes. Prime show. But this is a something that's gonna ostensibly be released to the mass public in movie theaters. Hopefully, they're banking on the success of a, a couple DC properties going in ahead of it. Um, so this is gonna be something that everybody potentially will see. And I wonder if and this is this is pure conjecture, and I may completely be wrong about this, but I'm feeling, you know, the MC, the enthusiasm for the MCU kind of dying right now. Like the last phase didn't, didn't hit. I mean, some of these movies were outright <laughs> garbage. Um, and I think, I think Gen Pop is kind of feeling that it it seems if I read the tea leaves a little. And I like I, you, I, I use a term for prison. <laughs> <It's not> about <laughs> those of us who still watch Marvel movies. It's not wrong. <laughs> You're not yeah, right. Yeah, I know. It's very intentional. Um, it's a prison of the mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think like, and I don't know that this that this multiverse stuff is gonna hit either for the MCU. Like, I don't know that I I don't it it feels different right now. It's starting to feel like the 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 like stan accounts for like it's um, desperate, for, right? For the for, for like the Kang stuff is like yeah, it's pretty grim. It feels like it, it's it's becoming less like mainstream and more it's circling in on itself where it's becoming <laughs> so like fanatical that like the people who are running these accounts are are like are essentially the comic book guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yep. <laughs> and so and so my my whole point to say this is you, you may be right, Brian, that 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 the authority should have struck before the boys almost, but but now what if what if if we're talking about movies in theaters, people get bored with the Marvel stuff, and and if they do the authority right, you could easily look at that and go, "Holy shit, Batman is killing somebody!" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a Vince Ostrowski switch... told me this never happened even <laughs> once accidentally. I mean, Midnighter. When I say Batman, I know, I know, I, mean I, know, I know. I'm just fucking with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, you know what I mean, though. Like, like, like the general. Do you realize? Do you realize go, how? Do you realize how many, uh, how many qualifiers you put in front of the sentence, though? Yeah, that's if what I'm people saying. People sick of the MCU, and they do this right. Like that's that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm saying. I get why they're trying this. I don't oh, disagree. I, yeah. I, just don't think, I think it happen. makes. I think it makes it an insane amount of sense because it's also like, it's the James Gunn formula of like taking a pretty niche property 
and like a more niche cast of characters and just uh you know quirkifying them and and making them consumable for a mass audience and i mean really it's kind of like the mcu as a whole did it but like i feel it's like gun like then yeah. gun really did it with guardians yeah um and arguably i think even kind of did it with suicide squad to yes. a lesser degree yes. um so it makes sense i think i just the thing that gets me about this movie is i cannot possibly like begin to like try to put a finger on what the tone of the movie would be well i mean look i have not read the early authority stuff in a very long time i remember it being relatively joyless like it... the, and, and i just feel like that is the like that to me that is going against what gun typically does which is make everything like a sillier version of what we're used to seeing and so right to, that well, yes exactly yes I, a, I wouldn't say that it was like grim per se but it was serious you know like it yeah. was it it uh was very um it's like prestige you know what i mean yeah and that doesn't yeah. seem to be the, the gun way right so that's the thing i, I can't imagine like an irreverent authority right I mean, I hope it, we should have said the same about top. I hope that Gunn is smart enough to not try to make everything like a traditional Gunn movie. Yeah. Yes, surely, surely, and and it doesn't seem like he's going to be. It, it, it's there's a question of like how much creatively he is going to be working on each movie. You know, there's a, right. There was like. It seems like Safran wants him to direct the Superman movie, but even that's kind of in question. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder. And and I also wonder, again, like like Vince constantly reading the tea leaves, it's, it's very weird to me that, you know, they said that this movie is super, the Superman movie will set up the authority movie. They, they explicitly tied those two together. And we just had the whole 5G debacle about the, the the close ties of like Superman and the authority. And I just have to wonder like, what the fuck's going on? How, how long has this all been gestating? Yeah. Well, like if, if gun is to be believed and Grant Morrison is the big inspiration behind all of this, then Morrison just did a Superman and the Authority book. That is true, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Gun and then just we, got and then really we got Morrison build is what happened. Yeah, he did. And then we got a batch of the worst Wildstorm stuff imaginable. So <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hope that doesn't influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next up is a Themyscira based series called Paradise Lost, which is like. It, this is this is both exactly what I want and nothing I want at the same time, because it's never going to be good. This is the Game of Thrones inspired series, and it's going to be all like. It's just it, it, it's going to be insufferable, but I want, but, but I, sorry, but I was but I, I do sort of want them to like there is such rich there are such rich worlds within D.C. that I wish they would take time to develop and show us and Themyscira is one of those places but this is not going to 
this is not going to go the way they think it's going to go to quote Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I, I was going to say this one almost feels as equally vaporware as the lanterns one, but I believe this will happen because it's also the one that is, would be most easily generated by an AI, like an AI yes. could write the show. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. So I think this one will happen. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, when I heard the description for this one, my eyes rolled out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the like, not like, a single like, like Tex Avery style because you were excited about seeing ladies on an island. No, no, <laughs> okay, no, like this is like this is the most expected, just... yeah, this is the most expected path to take this property down. And I think, like, the problem is, is it's kind of unavoidable, right? Like, if you're going to do a Wonder Woman setup show, you almost have to do it this way, like. The, the whole description of focusing on the the island and the Amazons before Diana and the 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 politics and the backstabbing and the et cetera, et cetera. Like Zach said, it writes itself. I mean, it's it is how you establish that property, but I can I can already imagine how utterly boring and and I hope I'm wrong, but like it's the one that sounds the most paint by numbers. You know, they yes. they could ju- they could just take like the Snyder era, Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman, Themyscira stuff and just make it look exactly the same. Build that out. And, and that's exactly what I expect this to look like. You know, mm-hmm. um, what I was going to say is like this. What's funny is that we just got in comic form like the best possible version of this story, which is Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazons. Mm hmm. And yet that makes me even more convinced this is going to be bad. Oh, like, yeah, because they're not going to take from that. It, it, there's not going to be a way to do that in motion for in motion picture form or TV show form in a way that would be satisfying. Right. Yeah, they're not yeah. going to be able to do all that God stuff. Uh, gods again. Hmm. Well, yeah. Gods even. <clears throat> but yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, up next is a Batman and Robin film called The Brave and the Bold, heavily inspired by Grant Morrison's Batman run. Um, Saffron said that this is going to feature other members of the extended Bat family just because we've been left. We feel they've been left out of the Batman stories in the theater for far too long. That's the most exciting part of this announcement to me is just <clears throat> doing a Batman movie that isn't just Batman, Gordon and Alfred. You think by that he means Batmite? Of course, yes. <laughs> Fifth Dimension, baby. Honestly, who, who, who would play Batmite? Um, uh, Chris Pratt doing his Mario voice. <laughs> sure, <laughs> it's a me, Batmite. Let's um, go. This this is the one where I start to get like really precious and uh, clutching my pearls as they fall from. Uh, Martha Wayne's neck as she's gunned down in Crime, Bal- Crime Alley. Um, I, I saw uh, uh, Vince and another Multiversity alum chatting on uh, Farmers Only um, about how this is this is the time to start being gate gatekeepy again because I really can't <laughs> I can't imagine Normies talking about like uh, Batman of Zurin R or like Doctor Hurt on. On on Twitter and it, it Doctor Hurt sucked idea. me off. Yeah, exactly. just the idea of it. Um, 
kind of makes me want to retreat into a hole and never come out, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also, I also think saying something is heavily inspired by sure. the run does not mean we're getting, we're getting Dr. Hurt or, no. uh, no, Pleasure but you know I, I think that's Brian. the thing that we are most likely to get out of that. Potentially. Probably yes, but what was that, Vince? Yeah. yeah, but you know what it does mean. What does it mean? It means every little thing that happens in a screenshot or a trailer is going to be somebody saying that's the Batman of Zurinar. That's the yeah. It's going to be some dickhead with a YouTube saying, uh, 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 in this lighting, you can see a little bit of purple in Batman's costume in this shot, and that means it's the Zurinar. Are you saying we should pivot to YouTube? Yes. Yeah, I mean, if no. we actually want to make money, yes. This um, is actually the perfect time for us to make this <laughs> podcast financially viable by riding the wave of these films. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll, we'll have a meeting after the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but on the other hand, they, they did say incursions in a Marvel movie. And I, I don't No No one's running the Hickman Avengers run into the ground yet for me. So may, maybe it'll be OK. <laughs> yeah maybe time i can avoid tell. it all <laughs> time will tell on all of that yeah vince uh, any any brave and the bold thoughts um just that I, I, I well it is it is a bad title for this movie exactly it, it would be a great title for a different you know there was a rumored and, and obviously most of the rumors were wrong but th- there was a rumored it was rumored that uh, the Brave and the Bold movie was going to be a Batman and Wonder Woman team up movie. Mm-hmm. And that makes a ton more sense. Um, but I will say that I, I I do like that they're embracing the Robins in the movies, I guess, for as much as I care about these things, which is not very much. Um, but I, I do like that they're not shying away from that stuff because I think it's everyone just needs to get over it. Right. Batman's got a Robin deal with it. Yep. Agreed. All right. Up next, a Booster Gold TV series, which has been rumored for maybe even longer than a Green Lantern TV series. Uh, this oh, was yeah, supposed to be. True. This is supposed to be done at Sci-Fi Network, pre CW verse, like during the Smallville days. There was supposedly going to be a Booster Gold Sci-Fi series. Mm-hmm. So not science fiction, sci-fi network series. Um, Gunn says it is basically the story of a superhero's imposter syndrome. That sounds like 52, the movie. <laughs> well, well, one one sixth of 52, the movie yeah. or whatever. Um, this, is, this is another one to me that has Tom King's fingerprints all over it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Are they going to re- recreate the scene where he's got blood on his visor and he goes, it won't come off. And he's like trying to scrub it. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, they will. Oh, and then I, and then I'm going to, I'm going to redact it myself in the theater when that happens. Jack or it's a TV off. series. It's a TV series. So it's, I can do it in my own home. Yeah. Yeah. With a belt around my neck. Right? <laughs> uh, so uh, I was implying. Um. Yeah. I. I mean. I don't hate the idea of a booster gold series because I guess that that leaves a uh, possibility for a Justice League International series one day down the road. But this um, 
it seems to me like Booster Gold is the answer that people in DC film and TV give when someone says like, well, we're not seeing any of the like second tier characters or some of the sillier characters. People say, well, a Booster Gold series has been in development for however long. It's just it's the it's the lazy answer to why we don't see a bunch of better stuff that people are really asking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah. All right, we're almost through these folks. Next up is a film adaptation of Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow by Tom King and Bilquis Evely. Um, so there are a couple people I know, including um former multiversity contributor Benjamin Birdie, who absolutely love this Tom King comic. But this is to me one of the strongest examples of King not understanding the characters he's writing. And also a story not really being about Supergirl, but sort of being about her alien like companion to this series. And so it just seems to me like if you're trying to make a Supergirl movie, this is the worst possible script to go off of. Because it's not really Supergirl and it's not really about her. <clears throat> yes. But, but I heard she's <clears throat> fucked up in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. I have not read this whole series. I think I checked out after the like weird racism issue mm-hmm. uh, that we talked about on the show. I do plan on going back and reading it. <clears throat> um, I'm pretty sure Morrison themselves came out saying that they liked this book. <laughs> um, I I I saw something about it a while back and tried to track it down but couldn't couldn't find it again um, it's just tom king saying in an interview like yeah grant loved this no i th- i think like well maybe that is what it is i who who can say i don't know but the other the funny thing is that it it does make some kind of weird bizarre sense in that it is a it's a supergirl story that can kind of exist as a evergreen title probably the only supergirl story that could really exists as as an evergreen title i think that's fair and that comic was basically already just like supergirl but true grit and so why not like (laughs) just just do just do that as a film sure Mm. yeah and i guess all all i will say is um you're taking away the one thing that was good about that book to me, which is the art. Yes. By making a movie. So, so, so why would I care? Yeah. The, the other thing I would say is that I feel like if the point of these films and TV series is to build up like a, a base of characters that can be used over the next decade, the way that the MCU was, I don't see what story you tell about this Supergirl after this story. This is a very finite Supergirl story. And I don't think this Supergirl necessarily fits in with the rest of the DC universe in any way. So you're kind of just making this a done in one story, which again, I have no problem. I think most movies should not have sequels, but it seems antithetical to what they're trying to do with these movies. Mm hmm. 
And the last movie is a uh, a horror film, supposedly, that is set to be based on Swamp Thing. Sure. Sounds great. Great. No, no, no notes, whatever. Yeah. Swamp, Thing, <laughs> Swamp Thing has had a bunch of movies and TV series already. They have all been middling. Maybe someone can get it right. It it is interesting to note someone one of our listeners in the Discord uh, did mention that of the five films that were announced, they map onto the like f- five early DC Universe film efforts, which are Superman seventy eight, mm-hmm. the Supergirl movie, Batman eighty nine, Swamp Thing. Oh yeah, nice. And the authority, <laughs> and then the authority. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Let's see. What's the authority? Yeah, not that uh, one. I forget. Yeah, not that one. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Swamp Thing is a bad character to introduce. I think also if you are trying to do movies with different tones that can still have characters sort of cross over in them, Swamp Thing as a horror film makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's so, also oh, very funny that like Justice League Dark or like Dark Universe has been like a long gestating project with DC as well for many years. Yes, essentially since Justice League Dark was announced as a new 52 title, there have been rumors about Justice League Dark film. Yeah. Um so now did Gunn say how long this like quote phase is? No. I don't think so. So they I, did, I, they, the only one of these that had a date attached to it is Superman. Which well, is yeah. four or five, five, five right? Yeah, yeah J- July twenty twenty five. Yeah, they called it a eight to ten year plan, and that this was ha- and chapter one is roughly half of it. Okay, I okay. believe that's what was said. Okay, so then here's my question: of these ten properties. How many do we think do you guys think will actually come out? Of these ten? These ten. I'm gonna say eight. I'll say hmm. I'll say seven. I'll go prices right on you and say six. Okay. Um, I just feel like some of these are going to be the the good thing about doing a bunch of films this way is that it seems like there aren't necessarily dominoes that are set up perfectly to knock down the next one. So like if the booster gold series gets shit canned, I don't think it's going to mess up anything beyond that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it just seems like these are all at least initially relatively on their own except for superman setting up the authority and i and think that, superman I is think, the one that's most they, likely to happen didn't they also say that supergirl is somehow tied to brave in the bold i, I thought died. i, I don't know i don't know maybe yeah, yeah i don't yeah. know <clears throat> yeah so if the first film that we know of is coming out in 2025 that means that this, that we may not see the last of these ten films until twenty thirty. Mm-hmm. 
which seems like an impossibly long time from now. I know it's I know time flies and all of that, but it's just crazy to me. And I, I'm I think announcing it all this way is a really great. I mean, look, we're talking about it, right? It's a it's a great hype tool for these films. But I also feel like by the time they actually come out, all the hype will be drained from them. Whereas like, and not to compare this to the MCU too directly over and over again, but like when Iron Man was a hit, you knew there was going to be, because because of the, the, the post credit sequence, you knew there was a plan for future movies. And the real hype of enjoying that movie is what got people hyped for the next one. This is all just hypothetical excitement right now and by the time the first movie comes out or the first show comes out whatever i don't know how much of this excitement will still be left there it's just uh it's just dc comics doing movie solicits now yes exactly well put which is the best part so (laughs) yeah um all right last question about this is there one of these that you think not that you're most excited about because you're a fan <clears> of the property, or whatever? What will be the if all ten of these get made, what's gonna be the best one? Um, My answer is Swamp Thing. That's a good one. I I'm still gonna say Creature Command. The Creature Commandos is the one that that I can easily see them getting the most right to like what you want out of that kind of a property. And the fact the fact that we know it's like actively in production and has been for a bit means that it's all it is coming out. So um, I'm going to say that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the authority. Of course. (laughs) I love you. I love you. They're going to they're going to they're going to they're going to get Cavill and, and Affleck back to play. Midnight or Apollo. Oh, that would that, be so fucking that great. That would be so good. Oh, uh, I will. I will bow at the altar of James Gunn <laughs> if, if if they make that happen. Yeah. Wow. And they have to have like they have to make out the whole movie. Yeah, the sure. whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Just a I lot mean, of making out. I, the fandom demands it. Exactly. Ben Affleck kissed uh, Jason Lee and Chasing Amy. It's all it's all good. Yeah, yeah. It was the only way to save all their friendships. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it worked uh, out so well. In the I end. was going to say yes, yes. All right. Well, let's take a break, and when we come back. We're going to talk about Superman number one. So stay tuned. Hello, denizens of Earth twelve eighteen. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jana. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. And we are back with Superman number one by Joshua Williamson and Jamal Campbell. Um, I want to start off by just praising the shit out of this art. I feel like we have not seen Jamal Campbell on interiors in a minute at DC. And the last time we did was on a Naomi series that I think we maybe read the first issue of. 
maybe yeah, i think i think season two was the last thing yeah which yeah. I, I don't think i read any of that yeah so let's just take a moment to bask in how great this book looks and specifically how great his superman looks his superman is among my favorite of the modern inter- interpretations of the character like right up there with dan mora's superman just this looks fantastic he's beefy he's uh yeah it's just it's this is like the platonic ideal of my superman <clears throat> art he he also does the like real real chunky smallville clark as well which is good yes. when he when he's out of costume yeah so what do you guys think of the book <clears throat> zach take it away Okay, uh, I I like I like this a lot. I I actually genuinely really liked this. I think um, I think oh I feel like I say this like every single time <laughs> there's a new Superman like revamp. Yeah, but I feel like this is like the best Superman status quo that we've had. It's new Krypton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there it is. You said it. Say the, say the lines. Oh, <laughs> uh, I feel like it is. I feel like it's it's really between this and action. I think like the Superman books are in such a good place. Um, such a fun place. A place that feels both like classic and comfy but also new and interesting i'm surprised by how much i like the lex corp angle and the like like the like lex's involvement in all of this um i like i kind of don't hate that they like undid the superman secret like redid the secret identity thing i kind of don't mind that we're back at that i like that lois is editor-in-chief of the daily planet that's really cool and fun um it's just like it's it's comfy but it's also interesting to me I, I actually think that's a really good descriptor, Zach. Um, there is something very comfortable about this. Like, even though there are some new ideas here, whether it's, like you said, Lois being uh, editor-in-chief of uh, the planet or the sort of super core part of it, even though those are new ideas, they don't feel like terribly outside of the classic Superman stuff. This all feels very much like within the established world uh, that, that we've known over the last few years. And I think that Williamson manages to pull this off w- with the plum. I, I don't think there's anything in this issue that is that suffers from what we've seen, like, for instance, Dark Crisis suffer from, from, you know, spending an entire issue doing 10 pages worth of stuff. Like this, this feels like a much, a, a much more robust first issue and introduces a lot of interesting ideas and positions characters in fun ways yeah yeah i i I definitely agree i um the the reason why we say that every time a new superman status quo starts i think is they've been dc and the the writers of these particular stories 
have been doing a great job with Superman of, of saying to you up front, this is the new status quo. In the first issue or two, we're going to throw a bunch at you like all at once. And it's going to feel like there's, you know, lots of hustle and bustle and changes and, and it's going to feel really lively. And then the problem is a couple issues later, everybody remembers that they have to write for the trade. Everybody gets real decompressed. You start to spend too much time on these like hyper-specific aspects of whatever the new status quo is supposed to be. One of the big things in the, in the Bendis run is that like plot lines would get introduced early on and then he would like either never get to them or like things would change. I feel like a lot of that stuff got hampered by whatever was going on with Leviathan, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like it just felt like stuff got off track fairly early in that run that started off with so much promise. And I think like that was my, that was the same thing I said about the, the, the war world stuff. Like it started out with such promise and this tease of like this new status quo. And then it just spent way too much time doing the same thing for too long, I think was my problem with it. And so Williamson again, does the great thing that writers who come on to a book on a new number one do where they throw a bunch of stuff at you and, and, and promise you all this stuff. And I have hope that he can deliver on that. Right. Um, like there's nothing in this issue that would indicate that there's, you know, there's not going to be a lot to explore and, and, and a lot of different avenues they can go down. And it's, it's just, you know, are, is he going to get to a point where, it feels like he's writing for the trade or is it going to be more like the flash where it seems like every issue you pick up, you can get a new adventure uh, spiraling off of some plot point that was that the seed was planted for here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Like the, the, what the flash is doing is, is, is what I want all these books to be now. And, and the way that this starts out gives me hope that it can be that. Yeah, where it's not that, so decompressed. Yeah, I mean, decompression is is has been an issue in comics for a long time, and you know, I feel like the the name Bendis is one of the more, uh, one of the more like noted noted pr- practitioners of of over decompression in a comic, and I I think there is also something about Superman stories that. Like when when was the last time we had a really fast paced Superman story? Morrison's action. Um. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I feel like Superman <laughs> stories just generally tend to tend to drag on a little bit. At least as of late. Yeah, they do. They <clears throat> they do. They have tended to have these like very long trajectories that just meander and never really come to a satisfying conclusion. I think, like, that was the Tomasi runs problem. It was the Bendis run. That's War what, World's problem. It's War World's problem. Yeah, the whole like Infinite Frontier era, um, and it was even you know a lot of the New Fifty Two's problem as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I I do feel like this feels, and I mean, it's so hard to tell anything from a first issue, you know, but it, this does feel somewhat tighter and more concise in a way, I guess. Um, who, who knows like what the, what we will say about this run, you know, two years from now, but I do, I do think it's like a really promising start. And I, I think probably the thing I've enjoyed from Williamson the most in a long time, like probably since his flash run, I would think. Trying to, well, I did. Uh, we, the, we liked the, Robin. We liked the Death Shadow War stuff. I, yeah, I, I thought Shadow Robin. I think I thought Robin was like just okay, but I did oh. like the Shadow War stuff. Oh please! Robin started out really cool, but I think like past the first, I I, I was over it uh, by about like six issues in. I think. Okay, sure. I was. <laughs> I can tell you that because I definitely Cause, stopped cause, reading cause, it because you're over everything after. Yeah, you only like the beginnings yeah. of things, Don. Well, I I really did fall off that book hard. Well, once um, Gleb, once Gleb left, yeah, yeah. Well, there's no one like Gleb. Nope. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of that Talia drawing Gleb did. <laughs> you know the one. Sure. <laughs> Uh, so we I don't say... know if I know. Oh boy! I, okay, I, I might need we'll, you to. We'll, we'll, talk right. after, we'll talk after the show. <laughs> so um, let's talk about the last like third of the book here, though. So Superman goes to what was LexCorp is now branded as SuperCorp, and we see Mercy Graves give him like this tour, and we see this video which has a cartoon Superman. Um, like a little, almost like a Mr. Mrs. Pedelec looking Superman as a narrator throughout this video. We get to see Jamal Campbell do his best Superman the Animated Series bit in one of these panels. And basically, <laughs> uh, Lex has set Superman up with like a... <laughs> Zach's looking at the picture that was sent. In Lad's chat that Vince is talking about. Oh my. He's giggling like a little schoolboy. Yeah. Let's again we'll talk about that later. Anyway, um <laughs> so Lex has basically set up Superman with everything he could need to be better at being Superman. So he has a full team, he has more gadgets, he has like basically a uh an an unlimited resource here to become the best Superman possible and when I I interviewed Williamson and Campbell about this book uh, which will be coming out soon and uh, one of the things I had said in the interview was that this sort of feels like you know for, for years now we have had a conversation about Batman not using his money to actually fix the problems of Gotham City, but to fund his like bizarre vigilante vision. And this is sort of Lex using his money to fix Metropolis, or at least attempting to do so. And so we had a, a really fun conversation about like the difference between Batman and Lex Luthor and how maybe that sort of 
that's an interesting way to think about this title. But I do think that this is very good. I think that this is a very good start to this ish to this run. I think Lex's role is really fun in it. I think the idea of the Supercorp is 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 really uh, an inspired one, and uh, it also leads to some very cool designs from from Jamal Campbell. Um, before we get to the sort of the epilogue of this issue, anything else to say about it? Um, just that that I I agree that stuff is a lot of fun. Um, I think the Supercorp stuff, it's 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 less how good the idea is and more how well they pull it off. You know, mm-hmm. I think although it is a novel idea for 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 the Superman book anyway, I feel like we've seen we've seen similar plot lines like this. Oh, the 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 hero is forced to work with a villain because they see no other choice or, or whatever. And they get, they get equipped by said villain, whatever that that's been done before. But I think the way that it's presented in this, in both the, the gorgeous art and just the, there's a levity to it, right? Like as Clark is getting toured around this building, there's, there's a levity to everything. And it's, there's not, it's not like grim. It's, it's, there's a bounciness to it. The part where, where, where like Lex is depicted as kind of a, a hologram of that sort of looks like Jarrell <laughs> and is talking to him, you know? Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a very funny part and very like, it's a great character beat for Lex and it's, yeah, it, it, it cuts that scene with some humor in, in a way that it really needs. So uh, it's just a great execution of that idea. Williamson also just seems like he really wants to work with Lex a lot and has just kind of been like chomping at the bit, but not really had the like place to do it. Like, you know, he, he set up Lex was set up as like part of the, um, the totality team at the end of uh, death, death metal. Um and that didn't really go anywhere. He did the stuff with Lex and Batman Inc. in that in the very short Batman run. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this seems like a much better fit for Lex than either of those things. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Williamson and Lex have been uh, together more than I realized when you lay that all out. It's interesting. So at, at the very end of the before we get to the actual epilogue, the, the last thing we see in this issue is that Superman is encountering this like basically sea of parasites. And we hear Lex's uh, narration from jail. And he says, you should have taken me up in my offer, Superman. I tried to warn you. You think we are op- on opposite sides of the game, but you and I are on the same team. And the others are just beginning to reveal themselves. You see... You are not dealing with your enemies. You're facing mine. And the picture that is shown at the end where it says you're facing mine, who does that look like to you guys? I mean, I'm pretty sure that's just Lex. Yeah, I, I r- actually reading it, I think that that's Lex now. That's that's somebody with a pin in Lex's head from when he like first came to Metropolis. It does look an awful lot like Alexander Luthor, though. It does. Well, I mean, it, it looks like young Lex, too. Yeah. 
that's what and Lex would have looked like before uh, before he made himself lose his hair and then blamed it on Superman. Yeah. It also looks like if you put a beard on him, not unlike Lex Luthor the second was the name during Death of <laughs> Superman stuff. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The one who hung around with the um with the uh Matrix Supergirl all the mm-hmm. time. Who who was a clone of yes, Lex. Exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I think it's just Lex because I think it's the these are like people who hate Lex and and treat think of Lex the way Lex thinks of Superman. Mm-hmm. This like Superman would have like the first <laughs> interview with uh, of with Clark and Lois, you know, pinned to his wall, you know, just to just to fuel the fires. Um. So, what I want to know is that is that Bizarro that they are working on harvesting parts from it looks, it looks like, like bizarro. It. is it the scott labdell bizarro because if so i hope not or one out man yeah. <laughs> um yeah i i do I, that's what i that's what i think that is yeah who do we think is working on bizarro there uh what's the name of that um the villain that has already been announced for this run. That's like has a really stupid comic book name. <laughs> it's not Miss Murder, but it's basically the same thing. Is oh, it yeah. like the Midnight Maiden or something like that? I can't remember. Um, it's yeah, in the solicits, but I don't want to look it up. Oh, damn! Excuse me. Um. <clears throat> But I think yeah. they're new characters for sure. Okay, yeah. So then we get the classic DC coming to Superman teaser for the last two pages. And um, there's text laid over the top. Jor-El told Krypton that it was doomed and no one believed him. This world is now also doomed. Will the people here believe you? And it's Brainiac saying this to to Clark, or at least it presume it appears yeah. to be Brainiac. We are led to believe it could be a red herring or something, you know, a misdirect, yeah. but it definitely looks like a Brainiac. Um, also, I think looking at these other images, I, I kind of think that maybe we might be getting a new Kryptonite man. I think that might be what that claw, that, is. That claw is. Yeah, that, that could be that, ha- that has like different Kryptonite uh gems it's in the, basically in the hands. they're wearing the infinity gauntlet but it's kryptonite yeah that's that's my guess there um i don't know about the other two the one with him riding a horse makes me uh think slash hope we're getting like a time travel arc where he goes back to like the wild west <laughs> um not that i think like i don't know that just could be fun sure uh what do we think that last one is That kind of looks like Jor-El to me. It does look like it could be like a Kryptonian. Yeah. Something about it, the clothes. It looks like it could be it looks like it could be like Valzad maybe. Although that reveal was already Yeah, we already had that reveal. We already had that in Tom Taylor's stuff. I don't know. We should also mention as we wrap up our conversation about this book, 
that it was announced the day that we are recording this that the um the John Adventures of Superman John Kent series that is coming out spinning out of these these specifically out of action I suppose and out of a Lazarus planet sees John Kent essentially well we know that already the Valzad's already a part of that right and we know that he has electric powers now like the 90s Superman did and we're into that mix we are also throwing the fact that there's going to be interacting with the injustice world somehow this is truly wild stuff and if it was any other writer right now i think i'd be more hesitant about it that i would be with taylor but i still i still don't really have a lot of interest in seeing more injustice stuff come into this world do either of you have a vastly different opinion on that I don't care about that at all. In what sense? About the injustice stuff. Like you don't care like it's going to be fine or you have no interest in it? I have no interest in it. Okay. I, I'm i only like interested in it in so much as I, I think it's like wild that this series is turning into just this like confluence of all, all Tom the, Taylor stuff. <laughs> yeah, all Tom, like all the weird alt earth superman that tom taylor has written you know because he, there'll be he, some deceased in there too somehow some, somehow yeah he like he did injustice he wrote the bulk of like valzod stuff after robinson left um well i say the bulk of i know a lot of that stuff was like the the like world's end and all that stuff later on but still you know the important kind of, stuff the important stuff yeah and uh it's just it's just kind of nutty, you know. I've been I have been wondering for a long time when we would see the next injustice thing, and I I would not have pegged it in this book. I don't I don't think I would have made that prediction, but um, you know, I, I I'm kind of like Vince. I'm not really that interested. This does kind of reignite that mild itch that I always have in the back <laughs> of my mind to like read all the injustice stuff. Of course, of course, of um, course. But uh, yeah, I think it. I, you know, Taylor is good at this. He, you know, anytime I ever doubt, like, oh, that sounds dumb. I, you know, I won't like that. I usually think it's pretty good. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see what he does with it. It's just wild how many different things are happening in this short six issue miniseries. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, like I, I think we've all kind of been wondering, like both where where does john go after this and where does taylor go it does taylor like have a place in the super books after this miniseries mm-hmm. um and so adding this into the mix like is kind of even more interesting to me you know is this like is this going to be like a launching pad for uh injustice three or something um because he you know he's about to finish deceased he's about to finish that uh the other one the the dark knight or whatever it's called uh, dark knights of steel dark knights of steel yeah so who who knows yeah um we should also note that uh this is now the second of the sort of mini series featuring super characters that's been announced along with the uh superboy the man of tomorrow series featuring Connor Kent and neither one of them really is spinning out of action comics, which is sort of, I think we, we all thought that maybe 
action comics would be the driver for these stories. But that that Connor Kent book is actually the round robin winner from last year. Right. And this book is clearly not really in, interested in any of the action comic stuff yet either. So it's well, just interesting. Yeah, this seems more like a, maybe a story that from, from like the interview or the announcement I saw, this was like a story that Taylor already maybe wanted to tell. Yeah. But it it just kind of like synergized better and made more sense to have it be its own miniseries rather than continuing the John Kent book uh, into this like new era. So um, I do think we will get like more stuff spinning out of action maybe. And like Steelworks, I think is one that's already going to, is going to be yes, the one that kind yes. of spins out of that more. I also wouldn't be surprised if after the first arc, we see John Kent join the Titan series by Tom Taylor. Yes, absolutely. I think you're probably absolutely right about that. That makes the most sense. I think that series basically begins as with the cast that we've seen so far, and then it, it will grow as it goes on. Yeah. But we'll see. Anyway, Vincey, what's coming out next week? Ah, Jesus. You scared me. The 28th of February. Yes. I'll have it in a second. Um, okay. Action Comics 1052. Batman Gotham Knights, Gilded City, number five. Batman The Audio Adventures, number five. Batman versus Robin, number five. Blue Beetle Graduation Day, number four. Uh, DC Horror Presents Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead, number six. Uh, DC... <laughs> How do you... Pr- do you pronounce that or do you Ruby. say... Our de- Is it Ruby? Ruby. Ruby. Okay. Yeah. Um, number one. I didn't. I wasn't aware that's a thing. Is that new or is that a collection of? That's a new thing. This is the second time they've done a Ruby crossover. Right. Yeah. I'm saying. I was asking. Is that a collection of the original? No. 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 This is a new. A new volume. Got it. Uh, Detective Comics 1069. Harley Quinn 27. Punchline: The Gotham Game Number Five. Shazam: Fury of the Gods Special. Shazamly Matters Number One. Uh, the Human Target Number Twelve. The Riddler Year One Number Three. And Tim Drake Robin Number Six. Well, until then, you can find two thirds of us on Twitter. I am I'm I am a Brian is an app, and I am at the Woke of Z. If you need to find Vince, he is repeating that he is just an innocent man. Yeah. Just a normal man. That's right. Yep. Now, off to the goon cave, guys. Here's the difference between Vince and Zach. Vince will say initially, this looks good. By the time the D in good is out of his mouth, he's over it. (laughs) Zach will say, this looks meh. By the time the H is out of his mouth, he's starting to come around on it already. That's (laughs) the difference. Like One of you instantly goes negative. The other one instantly goes positive.